You're listening to the Fantasy on Tap podcast. Y'all ready for this? A podcast where three dudes talk about fantasy football and beer. Here is your host, Nate McAllister. Hello, fantasy football community. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the F to the O to the T. I'm your host, Nate McAllister. And the season is over. But my boys are here and we're still running this shit all the way through 2021. We're going to be throwing episodes at you. So we got my guy, James, the Boogie Man Borges. Boogie, how's it going? What's up? What's up? What's up? Here to represent for the F to the O to the T with my homie Nate and my boy, Craig E. Let's go, Craig Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, we got Craig. Oh, Craig, the foot Anderson. What's going on, Craigie? Uh, what's up, fellas? How are you guys doing today? Man, James, you should be a, a rapper. You know what I mean? You're like a uh, little Eminem. I like I like I like your flow. They call me Skittles, dog. Skittles. Yeah. There we go. They call him Skittles. For numerous him- Chase the Rainbow. You know what I mean? It all makes <laughs> sense. <Chasing> that <laughs> no, I thought that was some reference off of his OnlyFans account. I thought he did some stuff with some Skittles or something. <laughs> like you don't even want to know. Come check it out though. Throw your boy some money. It's only ten bucks for the first month. And then uh, we'll negotiate after that. There we go. A negotiation, Holmes. All right. All you tall boys and tall girls out there, we had a fantastic fantasy season. NFL playoffs are roaring, and we got a great episode in store for you. We will be talking about the fantasy awards for the year. So these are going to be um, some that we came up with, some that are just uh, ones that every awards show will have. But it's a really good show, and we're really excited about it. We've been thinking hard about it, and uh, all of us have came up with our own stuff. But before we get into that, you know how we do. We got to talk about them drinks. And, uh, fellas, what did you guys bring to the mic? You know, I brought a pretty slick little drink from the Moab Brewing Company down here in Southern Utah. It's a Pilsner. I uh, I had to go that way because I'm, you know, I didn't want to be just a Bud Light guy like you guys just think I am. You guys think I'm a redneck. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! James is giving me a look. James, I'm your champion. You, you, you don't, oh, you don't act like that. I'm I, your I can, champion. I can uh, see a deep hue of magenta coming off your neck right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your champ. Oh, no. I know we, we, ain't, we ain't calling you champ. Well, just one time we got Craig the champ Anderson. That's my only time I'm giving you that, and that's it. That's all okay. you got. One time, one one champion there, and you're one and done, baby. I mean. Uh, hey, you, hey you that's the story of my life. That's the story of my life. My <laughs> wife calls me that also. Um, but no, it's a mo- it's a pilsner. Um, I actually really enjoy this beer. Um, I already cracked it open, so I can't crack it open. Um, but it's uh, you guys really are in these IPAs, so I wanted something that might be a little bit more bitter to to that. But that's not a Bud Light. I would highly suggest this to anybody that comes to Utah. Moab Brewing Company, awesome. James, what you got tonight, baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good one, Craigie. Yeah, I got the Del Cello Brewing Company beer from Heaven. It is called the Mental Haze. Hey, Hazy Baleale. Had this at Nate's wow. house about three weeks or a month ago. He said he didn't like it, but I was too buzzed to remember. So I'm about to remember right Which one now. Was it? Throw it up there again. Let me see what it looks like. The Mental Haze. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you didn't it's like it. Cool can, one, though. Right? Yeah, no, no, I didn't like it cool that much, can. but the can is 
bad to the ass. Mental Haze is an approachable, playful beer with citrus and tropical fruit flavors from late editions of Azaka and Citra Hops. This hazy Pale Ale is strong in color with a light body, low bitterness, and a juicy finish. Get ready to have your mind blown! The words del cello mean from heaven in Spanish, which reflects our inspiration and the high-quality standards used in our brewing process and ingredients. One of the key objectives for del cello is the constant creation of new beers based on trends, seasons, feedback from our customers, and of course... To have a lot of fun. Let's Dude, that fun must be the biggest damn can to put that many damn <laughs> words in it. <laughs> Bro, they still, got, they still got more on there. I'm just stopping right there. All right, let's Dude, see what this like, bad boy tastes like. Do you ever just like read to your wife, you know, to put her to bed? You know what I mean? You just got that 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 voice like you were the the, the reader on Game of Thrones. I love it. Super sultry. <laughs> How'd it taste? It's not bad. I mean, um, I'm not down. Da- I don't. I'm not down on it, but I'm it not sucked. up on it either. To me, it just kind of is like in the middle of the road. I mean, it does have some nice fruity flavors, some citrusy hop flavors, but it's kind of a little bit like flavorless, like almost like a like a light, like a light version of of mm-hmm. what you would want. I wish it was a little little bit more like standout ish. I guess. Yeah. No, it kind of reminded me like a. I don't know, sparkling water, just a little bit of fizz back there. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't in it. Yeah, can't school okay. though. Can school. There we go. So I got one from the New Glory Craft Brewing mm. Company. This is called the Ubadank. Um, this was uh, my wife. She has these uh, buddies that she hangs out with. That uh, wow. all her kids are about the same age, and they go play it, uh, have play dates and stuff. Well, this time they invited us over, and we had uh, the dads were all invited to house last night we got um you know we ate some uh food and had a good time and i got to meet them that was pretty cool and uh, shout out to matt matt got me or, or he brought some beers and he gave me some to take home and one of them was this Ubadank west coast ipa this ipa will smack you in the face with its dank aromas and flavors it's super sticky hop character is supported by a subtle foundation of northern american malts Mosaic hops provide an array of citrus and tropical aromas, reminiscent of grapefruit, orange, melon, papaya, tangerine, and passion fruit. All right, let's give this little bad boy. I think they had a little couple references to the marijuana. I can't believe Craig didn't hop in there because he loves to say that. Uh, Smells great. You you told me I couldn't say that last time, so I shut my mouth. Sorry. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's actually really good. I, that is a really good beer. 7.2 ABV. Um, I can des- definitely taste all those uh, fruits that they threw in there. I mean, the papaya is just standing out. No, not really. I can't, I can't <laughs> differentiate papaya in there. I don't even know what papaya tastes like, honestly. I don't even know what one looks like. I know. I'd have to look <laughs> yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't put a papaya in front of me and I'd call that out. But no, <laughs> this beer is good for sure. It's really good. Can's pretty cool. Just some hops on there. Super, super. From uh, from basic. here, it looks like it's uh, COVID. I know that's what I was like, thought it was. Looks too. like it was old germs, but it's from a uh, Sacramento brewed and canned in uh, Sacramento. Oh, definitely has COVID then. Dank. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey, well, enough about them drinks. We got to get in to the ep- ah, before we get an episode do you guys you guys been watching the playoffs what's your biggest surprise so far besides my Steelers getting clapped in the first round by the hey Browns? what's what's more surprising Steelers getting clapped on or Nate getting 
clapped on in our TikTok, dude, with the, his little <laughs> oh, these Browns fans out there regulating <laughs> on him. The regulator, dude. The, do- no. the dog pound comes out to fight, <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude. I dropped that one. I dropped that TikTok. I knew it was gonna get some hate, and I put my phone away. I get dressed. We head over to that dinner last night. And then I pull it out and it's like freaking like 50 comments on there already of just like, <laughs> damn Steeler fans, can I? All this stuff. Like, oh, great. I, I had to get in a little bit though. That was pretty no, cool. No, but cool. to get back to the playoffs, man, this has been a, a fun ride so far, man. Um, uh, I we uh, I picked the Packers and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I went chalk, okay? And things are going that way right now. But it would be really fun to see Tom Brady versus the Bills. Little uh, AFC East game. What do you guys think? At least the Bills fan, I think, are rooting for that because every Bills fan that I talk to or interact with, they're all saying like they wanted Tom to be there this year so they could have just got over that hump and smacked his ass. Like It's not good enough for them to beat just Belichick and those crappy-ass Patriots. They wanted to really stomp on Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I think they would be rooting for that for sure. I'd like to see it. I think the matchup, though, that I want to see – is uh I don't know I, I probably want to see Mahomes versus uh versus Rodgers I think that's yeah. just I don't know it just seems good it seems like it's going to be a great game two good quarterbacks two good offenses I'd like to see it my my pick was uh Packers for the versus the Bills in the Super Bowl and um hopefully we continue on that trend I think the most interesting game um that I watched was the the Chiefs versus the Browns the Browns man they screwed themselves over Higgins diving for that goal line right before the half and then Mahomes gets knocked out, and you got a chance. I mean, Andy Reid, you've got some cojones. you got some balls, there it dude. Was. Hey. Pulled it out. He showed the rest of the NFL who their daddy was uh, by you know using his backup with the fourth and one. Any other coach probably would have punted that, played it safe, ran that clock down, give them a little bit over a minute, and let the Browns see what they can do. And he pulls out the victory. So it's going to be really interesting. That's what I'm kind of looking at. Is Patrick Mahomes going to be healthy? I was talking to Nate earlier. He says, yeah, because the NFL can't have that for their ratings. But mm-hmm. Chiefs got away with one right there. I don't know, man. Chiefs kind of, they look like they're in a little bit of a funk. What do you guys think about that Higgins play? Like, let's not, do you guys think that play should be banned? Like, we, we got to relook at that play as, uh, as an NFL or no? I mean, the only part is the helmet to helmet thing. But no, if they don't no, call the fumbling, it there, fumbling out of oh, the end zone. No, yes. I don't. I like I I like it because it's like the only thing the defense has going for them. You know, when a guy fumbles it into the end zone, and now they're just going to say, "Oh, okay," you know, bring it back out to the five yard line or something like that, and give the offense another try. So the offense could just go balls to the walls and try and score this touchdown. And if they don't, oh, who cares? But you know, if the defense makes a great play and creates a fumble, they don't get rewarded for that at all. That doesn't make any sense to me. So I like I like the play, and I think that that um, should stand because I mean it was it's a great play to make a guy fumble, and if the guy's gonna uh, put the ball out there and be careless with the ball to try and score, if that's a big enough risk for him, then you know they should they should take the uh, um, the bad with the good. I I agree with Nate. I'm 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 tired of the NFL mm-hmm. tweaking over little things like that and making changes because of you know it happened in the big time. It's one of the baddest plays. Every time I've mm-hmm. seen that happen, and off the top of my head, I could think of a couple other times. Earl Thomas did it one time on the one yard line, and then uh, Jeff Heath did it to Derek Carr to beat the Raiders right at the end of the game. Derek Carr was going for a touchdown to beat the Cowboys, and he did that. 
it's an amazing play. Every time I see someone punch the ball out right at the one yard line, like it's game changing. Obviously, it mm-hmm. won them the game. If you change that rule, then it's probably a good chance the Chiefs lose, and I think that's BS. Yep. Uh, Craig, you on it or what? No, I, I actually, I I don't know where I. I I think I might have been the other way until you guys said that, and I kind of agree with you. I was just more or less throwing out the question and seeing uh, seeing what you guys felt. What what the actual pro? Like, you ever did you guys ever see that, that show Pros versus Joes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you guys. Yeah, you guys are the pros. I'm the Joe. I just want to know what the pros wanted. You know what they had to say. That's it. Oh, that's very nice of you, Craig. I, I appreciate the kind words. Good job, Craig. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going to get in to these awards and we are going to, yeah, we're going to crown some kings today. We're going to get some awards going on and we're going to send out some trophies to these guys. I'm, I know they're going to be really excited um, to receive this. Craig is handcrafting them right now in yep. his basement, handcrafted Craig's uh, award show. This is the F to the O to the T awards. And we're going to get into it right now. First, on the docket, this is going to be the beast of the year, and it has to be presented by none other than James the Boogie Man Borges. James, bring us the beast of the year. All right, guys. So the nominees for beast of the year are none other than up first, Travis Kelsey, tight end from the Kansas City Chiefs. He finished in fantasy tight end number one, 105 receptions, 1,416 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And our second nominee for Beast of the Year is none other than Alvin and the Chipmunks, Kamara. He finished RB number one, 932 rush yards, 16 rush TDs, 83 receptions, 756 yards, and five TDs through the air. And our final nominee for Beast of the Year is none other than Derek the King Henry. He finished running back number two. He hit 2,027 rush yards, 17 rush TDs, 31 receptions, and 114 yards. Before I announce the winner, just to know all you folks know, we did do a vote so this is a this is a consensus vote on our show and the award for beast of the year goes to Alvin Kamara get it dog what are you guys' thoughts with Alvin Kamara coming away with beast of the year I honestly think that I didn't vote for Alvin. I think I voted for uh, King Henry, and uh, I don't know if that was maybe because I thought that Henry's 2,000 yards are just super cool. Maybe I give it to him for that reason, but no. I mean, he he was great. He proved me wrong. Um, I had him way too low on my lists, and uh, I will know better next year because um, he torched people, and he led people to fantasy glory. So, yeah, he was the beast, man. He was a super beast, and you got to respect that. Yeah, he's well, a guy that I wish that I would have grabbed earlier and and not and, and not just our league and numerous other leagues that I, I I passed on him. I think he went probably what five to seven in most leagues, right? Four does that seven mark, yep. and uh, he was better. You know, he, you got to think he outperformed guys that were you know some of these guys got hurt, but Saquon, CMC, Zeke, and uh, who, 
I think those are your other three above him, right? Oh, and then yeah, Michael, Michael, Th- Michael, Michael Thomas, Thomas. floaters around there. So yeah. he, out of the four guys that were projected to be drafted before him, he out did them all. Alma Kamara, you are a beast. All right, guys. And moving on to our next uh, presenter, Craig is going to be presenting Rookie of the Year. Go ahead and take it away, Craig. Well, because I am the rookie of this uh, Fantasy on Tap team, I figured uh, I would do the rookie. And thank you, James, for throwing that over to me. And now, here are the nominees for the Fantasy Rookie of the Year. We got James Robinson. He averaged 16 one points per game. He was RB number seven at the end of the year. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, 15.7 points per game, finished at RB4. We got Justin, the ugliest quarterback in the NFL, Herbert, at 22.9 points per game. He finished at QB number nine. And Jimmy's guy, Justin Jefferson, he finished at 11.6 points per game, wide receiver six. All right, gentlemen, the winner of the Fantasy on Tap Rookie of the Year is Jonathan Taylor Thomas. 15.7, finished at RB4. James, you have been on the hype train all year. Man, please tell us a little bit about our boy Jonathan Taylor Thomas. If you want to know the hype that I had on Jonathan Taylor Thomas, go listen to our AFC South episode. My prediction was in the second half of the season, he was going to take over that lead role. Marlon Mack gets injured, happens to him a lot quicker. He had a couple tough weeks. People were fading him. And then at the end of the year, he absolutely just took off, dominated, took that whole team, put it on his back. And if you had him on your fantasy team, you were looking real good because at the end of the year, his last three or four games, he was carrying you to the promised land. Yeah, he was. Nathan? Man, I don't know. I think it's rigged. I think uh, JTT had a great (laughs) year. Don't get me wrong. But it was a half a year. It's like, hey, cool. You you know, you're there for a half a year. Some dudes might have drafted this guy and he screwed him out in the beginning half of the year. And then... You know, now that he they're not making the playoffs, so it doesn't even matter all those back in games he had down the stretch. But you take a guy like Justin Jefferson. This kid was torching fools all damn year. Rookie receiving record. Uh, he just looked like a maniac down there. Looked like uh, Randy Moss reincarnated. Maybe a little shorter, a little quicker in and out of his cuts. But the kid is a beast. And he was doing it with old gunslinger Kirk Cousins. I mean... I don't know. I think it's a little rigged. I think that uh, Justin Jefferson put up them stats that uh, Jonathan Taylor couldn't even dream of. So uh, I don't know. I mean, finishing a wide receiver six—that's ridiculous for a rookie. I don't even know the. Yeah. When was the last time? I would love to look that up. When was the last time a rookie finished inside the wide receiver like top six? Yeah, but how many? Probably Anquan or Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe well, you got to think though. Jonathan Taylor Thomas finished RB four, and there's been there was some beast. I know some guys got hurt, like we talked about. That's what I'm saying. I got you. So what you? But he finished RB four with you saying half of a season. I don't know. It's all interesting. But the thing is, one thing we do know is that rookie class has some ballers, and that's Jimmy's. Um, Jimmy's love are these young rookies because that's what's taking him hopefully to the promised land in our fantasy league, right, James? So he's uh-huh. loving it every bit. So that's who we got. But now we're going to move it over to the host with the most, and he is going to be the presenter for the Bargain Bin Player of the Year. Bargain Bin Player of the Year, baby. 
This is my favorite thing to go shopping through them bargain bins. You go to Walmart, get in those uh, $5 movies, dig to the bottom, trying to look for some good stuff. Most of the time you're finding, you know, snakes or rats or some weird movie like that. But every once in a while you'll find the Sandlot or the Mighty Ducks, one of these great bargains that are $5 scouring. I, I compare this right to the waiver wire. You're scouring waiver wires Mm -hmm. every single week, trying to find that guy who was undrafted, but is going to take your team over the top. Not this one week hitter, not this guy who's going to get you by, but a guy who's actually going to make your team better down the stretch. And I found quite a few this year. These are guys that were forgotten on draft day but didn't hold that against you, and they helped your team to fantasy glory. First on the list is, oh, by the way, this is 16 rounds. So I just took 16 rounds and 12 teams. So if there were 198 um, players down, then they, they, made the, they made the cut. So James Robinson just made the cut. He was pick 198 on ADP, running back 62. This kid finished his RB7. 225 total points and he averaged 16.1 points per game james robinson you were a baller uh we're gonna throw take another one from craigie's uh rookie list this is the kid who should have never got a haircut justin herbert (laughs) justin herbert was picked at adp was 302 he was quarterback 35 finished as quarterback nine 342 fantasy points 22.86 points per game he finished ahead of Lamar, Brady, and Tannehill, all guys who were getting hyped up way higher than him. Uh, and then the last guy, this guy kind of came out of nowhere. Injury kind of helped him, but it was Brandon Ayukit. Brandon Ayukit was uh, ADP 210, wide receiver 72. He finished as wide receiver 33 and averaged 12.9 points per game. But the 2020 Waiver wire player of the year is Mr. James Robinson. James Robinson, congratulations, brother. You should see your trophy in the mail soon. Guys, what do you got to say? Do you, you think that's a fair representation or? Dude, so in our league, um, when uh, they got they let go of Lenny, okay, you went and picked up James Robinson and I went and picked up uh, Chris Thompson. Um, because I thought Chris Thompson and you won that dude. That was yeah. a hell, and that's kind of helped you get to. I think helped oh, no, you for get, sure get to where you were in in our league. That um, I honestly wasn't on. He wasn't on my radar. He was over my head, and uh, that dude right there was deep in the bargain bin. And so, well played to people like yourself, James, and everybody else out there that got James Robinson on their team this year. From, I think from one James to another James, congratulations, Mr. Robinson. Um, I voted for him personally because I just it's such a feel good story to go undrafted to starting and then you take it, you absolutely murder your opportunity. You end up uh, running back number seven in fantasy, but more importantly, you know, I couldn't imagine how we felt on draft day, just getting passed by and passed by and passed by. And then you go on draft and you just go in there and straight kill it. Congratulations to you. How do we see him uh, going forward? Like going into next year, how do we see James Robinson going forward? Do you think that he holds that type of value? Do you think he's the like Arian Foster 2.0, especially with uh, like Urban Meyer coming in and probably the new quarterback? 
That is Urban Meyer. Dude, Urban Meyer is a running um, his offense, you know, he was a coach at Utah. They run the damn football. It's a spread offense with uh, with, with it's a spread run offense in a sense. Yeah, James Robinson is in heaven right now. So you That's, think he fits the mold pretty well? Yes, yes. This I mean, you is, watch a lot of Utah football, so I imagine you see that. Yeah, I love Urban. Urban Meyer is like a Utah god around here. So like, I followed him to Florida, Ohio State, and I wish he was coming to Denver. <laughs> there we go james do you think uh james robinson value is good or um do you think uh raquel armstead comes off the COVID list finally and it cuts into that or <laughs> what is going on with him is he dead what's going on they're just not telling I think the COVID, COVID maybe just killed him i don't know what happened there um i don't know i don't know how i feel about him but my gut feeling in in um you know listening to craigie but also before the show just thinking about it they have so many high picks you mm-hmm. have to believe, and you can get a running back anywhere. I think Urban Meyer is going to go out and get another running back. And James Robinson, you're just going to have to prove yourself again. You're just going to have to go out there if they have OTAs, if they have a training training cap. If they don't, even better for you because you're going to have a leg up on any rookie or anyone else that they bring in. It's up to you, man, if you want to hold your value or not. I would just hate this to be like a Philip Lindsay situation. You know, they yep. just keep trying to find your replacement for whatever reason. Like Philip Lindsay runs like they a man with his hair year. on fire, and then they just keep trying to bring somebody in to take his spot. So, um, I mean, I have him obviously in my dy- in the dynasty squad, and I hope that he takes over, especially because I just traded Dalvin Cook. But, um, <laughs> but if he doesn't, I mean, uh, uh, there's there's where we're at. But moving on to the next category in RF to the O to the T awards, we got. James, the boogeyman, Borges, coming to the stage for the second time, and he will be presenting his shit ballers, shot callers. It's the shit ballers of the year. James, who's your shit baller of the year? The feature award, my favorite award, my favorite thing to talk about every episode. Now we're going to crown the shit baller of the year. And the first man up for this award breaks my heart to say his name, but I got to do it because I call it like I see it. And it's none other than Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. Ugh. In 2019, you finished running back number four. In 2020, you finished running back number 11. He had about 400 less rushing yards. He had six fewer rushing TDs. He about equaled his receiving totals. That ended up being an 87-point differential. He just straight stunk it up, and we'll get back to him later. The second shit, shit baller of the year is Cooper. One man, two cups. In 2019, (laughs) (laughs) he was wide receiver number four, 94 receptions, 1,161 yards, 10 touchdowns. In 2020, he finished... Wide receiver number 27, 92 receptions, almost matched his reception total, 974 yards. But the big difference, he went from 10 TDs to 3 TDs. That equals a 61-point differential. Man, he burned a lot of people. And my favorite shitballer on this list. Your TDs can't never go down. Those TDs, they can't get smaller. Never like No one likes any smaller TDs. <laughs> Show me the like big that. TDs. <laughs> and my favorite shit baller on this list, just because I knew he was going to be a shit baller, and I told you not to take the shit baller, is Lamar. Get your ass bounced out of the playoffs. Jackson, 2019, you are QB number one. 3,127 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, 
1,206 uh, rushing yards, 7 TDs. In 2020, you finished QB number 10, 2,757 uh, passing yards, 26 TDs, 10 less TDs than the year before. He he still cracked the 1,000 yards first quarterback to rush for 1,000 yards two years in a row and 7 TDs. He matched it there, but we're talking about an 80-point differential. I don't know who took him in the first or the second, but smack yourself in the head if you did. Smack and yourself. The award for goes to Ezekiel Elliott. That's my dog, Zeke. I'll say this, Lamar Jackson, you started off, they kind of figured out the offense and shut you down, and then you turned it on towards the end of the year. Cooper Cup, it looks like, I don't know, he just kind of got game scripted. He didn't look like he was being featured as much. Ezekiel, I don't have an excuse for you. As soon as Dak went down, you fell off a cliff. You look like you lost your passion. You're supposed to be one of the leaders of the team. Your average rush uh, yards per carry has gone down every year since your rookie year, and you're just shitting it up. And it hurts me to say it, but you're the shit baller of the year. Damn it. So what do we think uh, Zeke's value is going forward? Kind of the James Robinson. Um, is he? Is his value going up? Is his value going down? Kind of staying the same? I'm in a crazy note. In a crazy note, would uh, it, it, how much farther is James Robinson off from Zeke? I know you wouldn't ever talk about that, but is, are they in the same uh, playing field? I mean, dynasty or just redraft? Oof. What do you think, James? Well, I'll, I'll go one. first because I know a little bit more about this team. Uh, the offensive line was absolutely decimated, and then um. You don't know if Tyron Smith's going to come back the same. He had neck surgery. Your right tackle, he has hip surgery. The rest of the offensive line is a bunch of rookies just trying to figure it out. I think his value is going down just because he's getting older. It's not like he's getting any younger. And who knows, um, you know, his backup proved to be pretty viable. And I think they're going to get him more involved in the offense as it keeps going just to keep his legs fresher. I think his value goes a little bit more up when Dak comes back, but he's definitely on the wrong side of being a fantasy football running back, in my opinion. I yeah. see him going, though, at the end, like into first round, probably. He's probably going to go at the end of the first round. Yes. So you're going to be able to stack a dude like Zeke and then Miles Sanders or Zeke and uh, Josh Jacobs or something like that, or Zeke and one of these power uh, wide receivers. Like that's appealing. I mean, it's going to be very tough on draft day to look look Zeke in the face when you're sitting at pick ten and not take him. You know, like he's gonna he's gonna drop in some of these drafts. If you and, get him there, then yeah, he's a value. He's just not going to be in that upper echelon like he has been. Yeah, yeah well, I think we all hope so. And I didn't vote for Zeke. Um, I know I voted um, for Lamar Jackson just because he was our QB one last year and he dropped so far. And Cooper Cup was actually my one of my biggest disappointments. Um, but Zeke, he definitely had a down year. I would have liked to seen what would have happened if old Dak would have played the whole year. I think you know I hope things would change. And as a Zeke owner, I hope things do change for next year because none of you guys are going to trade me anyway. Personally, I think that they should try and figure something out to get rid of Zeke or move him for mm-hmm. something. And I agree. Run, and run with Tony Pollard. I I don't. I'm not saying Tony Pollard is as good a running back as Zeke. They're not in the same class by any means. But Tony Pollard is pretty fresh. Um, he has a, a lot of burst. 
Um, and they could use that money elsewhere. You know, running backs like Bring we're talking about free, the free, defense, free agent maybe? running backs are going crazy. There's a ton of them available, and you can now get a replacement of Razik for half you, the price. Are you listening, Jets? Are you listening right now? Please. Yeah. Let's let's make a deal. Go from uh, Lev to Zeke. And just but anyways, <laughs> enough with these shit balls over here. Our next presenter is Craig. Craig, uh, the footman Anderson. He's going to be presenting the ODBs, the old dirty bastards. These guys are closer to getting a senior discount than they are being at the age <laughs> to buy alcohol. Craig, who are the old dirty bastards? You better give me that money. Hey, hey dirty. dirty. Baby, I've got your money. Don't you worry. I said, hey, hey. <laughs> these are the old dirty bastards. If you have ever listened to this podcast, if you're new, I love my old guys. I have a, a, a soft spot for um, these guys that are on their last leg. I, I'm always rooting for these guys. I've never been a big Tom Brady fan. I'm rooting for the hell out of him um, just because I like – is it nostalgia? Maybe I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I just like these – older guys. So I like to talk about them. So what we're going to do here is I'm going to present who the old DB dirty bastard of the year is. And here are the nominees. Thomas Brady with Giselle, 21.8 points per game. He finished this year QB8. Um, pretty good year for Thomas. My boy, A.A. Ron, he finished with 24.2 points per game. QB3, I called it at the beginning of the year. This guy would have a bounce a back year. Big Ben, Nathan's dog. He, um, 18.4 points per game. Um, QB14, the reason he is a nominee on this list is because he was on fire in the beginning and it kind of just slowed off at the end. But I think he won a lot of um, people uh, games early on. And the last guy is Matty Ice. He finished 18.3 points per game at QB number 12. All right, gentlemen. And the winner of the old Dirty Bastard is none other than Aaron Rodgers. Who else could it be? The gentleman had a hell of a year. Like I said, he I felt like last year they were handing the ball off a lot to Aaron Jones. And Aaron. that's why Aaron Jones had so many touchdowns last year. Um, I think him, Matt LaFleur, finally kind of got together. They, you know, they coexisted, and this Packer team is deadly. And Aaron Rodgers went into the uh, the wishing well, or what do they call it? The, you know. Fountain the, of Youth. The, the, fountain the, of Youth. The fountain of Youth, and he got it back. That guy is an animal. What do you guys Discount think? double check. Yeah, what do you guys think of the old dirty bastard of the year? Yeah, I, uh, Rodgers is my vote. Um, I love Ben, don't get me wrong, but. Maybe he's a little too old. He's a little too dirty. He's a little too rapey. He's a little too elbowless. I don't know. That dude is not. Uh, I mean, he can command the offense. He's all right. And then Tom, he's having a hell of a season. But none of them even compare. Like this, those those guys are just having good seasons. But Aaron Rodgers having one of his best seasons at this age, which is ridiculous, especially a year after they went into the draft and drafted basically his replacement behind him and pretty much didn't get him any weapons and told him, Hey, you're pretty much out of our thoughts. You know that, I mean, that's what I, I gathered from this draft class. And then he went out there and showed them truly what he is. He's still mobile. 
He could hit those deep bombs to Devontae Adams, made him a savage this year. Yep. He made the likes of Alan Lazard and uh, Robert, was it Robert Tanyan? Is that, yeah, Robert Tanyan, um, viable options. I mean, he is a fantastic quarterback and he had a fantastic year. He might be the, he might not be the oldest of the bastards, but he might, he's dirty on the field. He's the dirtiest of the bastards for sure. Man, Aaron Rodgers, let me throw a couple things out. For all the starting quarterbacks, he had the highest completion percentage, 70.7. The most TDs, 48 TDs. The lowest interceptions with only five interceptions. And I faded him hard in our NFC North episode just because it looked like Matt LaFleur was going to be a running coach. He was going to run through that offense through his running backs. And I just did not see this coming. Aaron Rodgers flexing his muscle. All you Patrick Mahomes lovers, I'm sorry, but he spanked that young man and came back and said, I am still the best in this league and there's nothing you can do about it. And Craig is right. He did call it a mm-hmm. Aaron discount double check. You're, you're the ODB of the year, man. Yeah, man. He had a hell of a year and it was a lot of fun watching him and it's going to be a fun weekend to watch him again. But now we're going to move to Nate. Nate, we're going to talk about what my wife calls me the one hitter quitter what do you got nate yeah i gotta talk about these one hitter quitters these are the dudes these are the triple ipas with a jack back like these are the guys that are going to get you twisted um these are the guys who come out on sunday it's the morning game you think you have a chance in your fantasy league and they just smack that ass in the first half you know you don't have a chance after you see these guys play some football these are the guys who blew up there were four guys who had over 40 points in a single game these are the best single games of 2020 first guy is week eight dalvin cook week eight dalvin cook this dude ran the ball 30 times 163 yards and three touchdowns on the ground he had two reception i mean he had two receptions with another touchdown so he had a total of four touchdowns totaling out 46 fantasy points for the man in purple dalvin cook you're a beast then we go on to the next man Uh, we just talked about this offense right here it is aaron jones in week two this kid was balling week two he scored 41 points he had 18 attempts for 168 yards he averaged 9.3 yards per carry scored two touchdowns on the ground and one through the air aaron jones Man, you're a baller. Next on this list, it was Ty Reek the Freak Hill, the cheetah. Over there in week 12, Ty Reek Hill scored 44.9 points. I know you guys saw this game. He had 15 targets for 13 receptions, turned that into 269 yards and three tutties. I think that kid even had a tutty on the ground. Monster game, Tyreek Hill, 44.9 points. And the last man is Super Alvin Camario, uh, Jimmy's boy. Um, This guy had a monster week in week 16. I know everyone saw this, but this is crazy. 11 attempts for 54 yards. uh, Oh, I'm sorry, 22 attempts for 155 yards. He scored three touch or six touchdowns on the ground. This man had a monster week in week 16 and the winner of the absolute best game 
of 2020 is Super Alvin Camario. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, come on. That game was ridiculous. Scoring 53 fantasy points. I don't know how anyone could vote against him. The only player to score 50 points, including quarterbacks this year. That was a wicked, wicked game right there. So uh, thank you, Alvin. I think you won two awards from us this year. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts on uh, old Alvin Camario? First of all, it was on Christmas, and he's wearing those uh, green and red cleats to boot. And then uh, week 16, you're in your fantasy championship. And if you got that guy, man, woo, it almost buried you. It almost buried Craig. Craig, the champion of 2020, <laughs> little Craig, survived it. But there wasn't a lot of people that can survive a performance like that. Absolute beast mode just went off. I don't understand how I survived it, but I survived it. Like, I don't know what was uh, more impressive this year, surviving COVID or uh, <laughs> or uh, surviving, surviving week 16 Camara. Dude, that was, I was, that was bad. Me and Jamie were talking pretty much throughout that whole entire game. And I, uh, I wanted to cry. It was bad. It looked like it. You did, you, like- no, did you really think it was over? Dude, I, I was, I didn't know how I was going to bounce back. Like how, how do, as, as a, an opponent to that, how do you feel like you can bounce back from that? dude? You go out and you trade for Travis Kelsey. Well, (laughs) that was in the championship though. I mean, he was already like in the championship. There's no trading anymore. It was, it was over. Uh, Yeah. yeah, That was crazy, man. That was an awesome, awesome game to watch. And it was fun just to see somebody like that just go off. It was crazy. It was fun. I think the way, the way you won it, I'm looking back at your uh, opponent and, uh, Actually, is is this the fact that like DK sucked, uh, Kyler Murray sucked, Kareem yep. Hunt wasn't very good. Like it was just that one dude. So yeah, great year, um, Alvin Kamara and Craig probably one of the only survivors. That is the craziest thing about it. It was on Christmas, so that even gives you a worse like feeling in your stomach because the rest of the games don't happen for a couple days. So you got to like sit there and stew on it, just feeling like you already lost when you had to face <laughs> Alvin Kamara. That makes it even better. Yeah. So week sixteen, Alvin Kamara, that was an absolute ripper. But we got to move on to the last category in our award show. The last for the F to the O to the T. James is going to make it to the stage for a third time. James, the boogeyman Borges, is going to get a little bit of orthodox here. He's going to give a little bit of praise to the guys who don't get praise. And I'm not talking about Craig in the bedroom. I'm talking about the coach of the year. This is the dude who provided the best fantasy players for his squads. James, who are the coach of the year? All right. Fantasy Coach of the Year, the first nominee. Before I, I say all of them, this was the the my most fun category that I had to research because I've never thought about this. It was kind of out the box, like Nate said. But our first nominee for Fantasy Coach of the Year is Green Bay Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. Let me let me run these off. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers finished quarterback number three. Aaron Jones finished running back number five. Devontae Adams. Finished wide receiver number one, and Robert Tanyan finished tight end number three. Of the four major positions on the team, their worst one was Aaron Jones finishing at running back number five. That is an absolutely beast of an offense. Our second nominee is brand new head coach of them, Atlanta Falcons, Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. Ryan Tannenhill finished quarterback number seven. Derek, the King Henry, finished running back number two. 
A.J. Brown finished wide receiver number 11, and Johnny Smith finished tight end number 10. Once again, four beasts in the in the four major categories on each team. And our last nominee, this one goes out to Craig, one of his favorites. I think he has a picture of him in his bedroom. His Minnesota offensive coordinator, Gary Kubiak. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins finished quarterback number 11. Dalvin Cook finished running back number three. Justin Jefferson finished wide receiver number six. And Craig's favorite white boy, Adam Thielen, finished wide receiver number eight, which is absolute beast. But the award for fantasy coach of the year Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. How does he not get voted in? You got quarterback number three, running back number five, wide receiver number one, and tight end number three. That is absolutely insane. I don't know if we're going to see another season quite like that in fantasy for one team. What are your thoughts, boys? My first thought is uh, is Bobby T that uh, Robert Tanyan is he the is he this year's um, Tyler Higby? Can you guys see that? Like everyone's gonna buy into him and just be like, and he sucks next year. Depends where he lands. He's about to be a free agent. They're they're over the cap by twenty something million. So yeah, you definitely been hitting. You've been definitely talking about that Packers cap this year. So uh, it's something been on your mind a lot. So I can definitely see him walk in. I don't want Robert Tanyan. I don't want him. I want Travis Kelsey. That's it. Maybe Darren Waller. <laughs> Darren Waller is a baller. But we got we got some rookies coming up who's gonna going to kill it this year, I think. Maybe make some impact into this uh, fantasy t- tight end landscape. Mr. Pitts. I think Mr. Pitts can, depending on the landing spot, obviously. Hopefully he doesn't get you down in the pits. no no the the coaching um i thought that was a great addition to this uh fantasy award they never get that enough uh recognition and uh yeah matt lafleur that was a great season i don't know if it was all matt lafleur i think it was a lot of that uh old dirty bastard uh, aaron Rodgers. but man creating this monster this four-headed monster out there if you had any of those guys you pretty much were on lock um, for all those positions. So I, I was pretty, I was pretty uh, satisfied. And that's why I voted for him. Craig, did you have anything to add to the, uh, no, I actually, I voted for the Vikings and uh, my biggest thing was, I just thought how they fed Dalvin cook the ball was just such a big part for me that, that how I was looking into it when Jimmy asked the question, I was sitting there saying like, what coordinators done the most for a, uh, for your fantasy team or most people's oh, fantasy team. player. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this the fact that they just – it was always feeding that cat. You know what I mean? And, and how many times did I get pissed off at that uh, Tennessee Titans team, Nate, with oh, yeah. them not feeding the ball to Derrick Henry? So that was the reason I voted that way. But I 100% agree why you guys both voted for the Packers. That's a great call. So, dudes, are we ready for 2021? I know uh, 2020 is pretty much over fantasy year, uh, or it is over fantasy-wise. Yep. And we still got to watch the Super Bowl. We got that shit. But we have the combine coming up here in a little bit. Then we get the NFL. Or is it free agency, then the NFL draft? Or Yeah, right? Free agency, then the NFL draft. And then we got uh, – um, then it's back to fantasy. Are you guys pretty stoked for this? Are you you feel like it's coming on or what? Yeah, I'm I'm always stoked, man. It's fun just to get together with you guys and talk and you know, we can figure out, you know what I mean, some awesome episodes to throw out to these guys. So all you tall boys and tall girls out there, tune in because this is what I tell my boys that I'm coaching baseball. This is the time that you're gonna get better. This is the time if you wanna beat all your friends in fantasy football, this is the time. 
Tune in to us. We are going to help you guys be the champions of your league. That's it, baby. We got the champ right there, Craig. We got the chump. We got the chump, Craigie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hardcore about the draft. Nate's hardcore about the draft. Craig will be there. Um, we'll probably do another live, I'm guessing. Yeah. Do the fan. We'll do the draft live. And then after that, we'll be hopping into each one of our divisional breakdowns and you guys got to listen because there's going to be a lot of major free agents out there. There's going to be a lot of free agent running backs and wide receivers. It's going to be very interesting off season, especially with all these, you know, last year's wide receiver draft is one for the ages. This one might be even better. And we got some top end uh, running backs. We definitely have some top end quarterbacks, maybe one of the best quarterbacks to come out since Andrew Luck. We got pits like Nate had mentioned. So you guys better be ready. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. We're very excited for it. Um, things are going to get shaken up. And with all the free agent moves, uh, you just can't rely on the stuff that happened last year. The The lists are going to be thrown up in the air. and We're going to see how they fall. Um, tons of injuries and injured players coming back. Uh, there's going to be edges to be had, and you just got to listen out. So, yeah, tune in to us. We really appreciate each and every one of you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you, all of you. Check out James's Only of Fans. He told you about that discount he's given out, 10 bucks for the first time. Then you can work it out after that. Craig, uh, he has some trouble with his new MacBook, so he's trying to get another computer. So if you could help that dude out, um, that'd be really good. Um, we're going to put the uh, um, his little... Uh, Venmo account down there. So if you want to Venmo that dude some money, that'd be freaking great because Craig wants to get in on that stuff. And uh, check out our TikToks. Uh, we are at uh, Fantasy On Tap there. We're throwing out some funny content. And uh, we got an Instagram at Fantasy On Tap. We got a Twitter at Tap underscore Fantasy. And our podcast is obviously, obviously, or as the young folk would say, Avi. Is that right? Avi? Yeah, they please say don't, please it's don't on do uh, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they say no cap. No cap. Uh, it's on uh, all of the major platforms. Come listen to us, guys. Thank you again. Take it away. Jake.